Long past the hour for quitting labor, amid the smoke-filled haze of the south gate, the after-lodge crew continues to linger in the rubbish of the temple, under the watchful eyes of right-worshipful Grand Censor Bob. Not recognized nor endorsed by any grand or subordinate lodge of regular masons, irregular masons, co-masons, Canadian masons, or internet wannabe masons, they banter on as always. Puffing cigars, drinking stale coffee, making terrible jokes, studying agency law, spreading the intemperance and excesses of digital masonry, and generally disappointing all seven of their podcast subscribers. Do yourself a favor and stop listening now. Only trolls and masochists dare to eavesdrop upon this after lodge banter. Welcome to episode number 75 of the After Lodge podcast. I'm your bearded, handsome host, the true After Lodge sensation, After Lodge Jason. Joined as always by the only person who's not a quitter, After Lodge Harlan. Oh, the less than sensational. I I don't even count him anymore, Mm. and I think you should know that by now. Oh, okay. He's not real, he's a fake person. He stabs you in the back. He smiles to your face, stabs you in the back. He's as fake as fake can be. Plus, I don't know if you realize this or not, he had plastic surgery last week. Have you noticed how tight his skin looks? No. No, I hadn't. To me, a man in his however old he is, having plastic surgery is obscene. He should have had his midlife crisis like decades ago. I don't think it was a midlife crisis. I think it was more of a... A Bruce Jennings sort of thing. Oh. Well, in that case, I salute your courage. Sorry that in this jurisdiction you won't be able to stay a Mason. Uh, he only did it so he could go in the women's bathroom. Haven't you heard all this? No. Oh, yeah. Well, the women's bathroom is fun out here. I hear they have couches and stuff in there. There's a lot of talking when there should be more important things happening. Mm-mm. So, as you see, uh, we're joined today just by each other. We are holding hands and skipping around the lodge room by our lonesomes with the exception of over here in the uh what would you call that the jump seat perhaps the uh back seat uh driver position somebody's in worshipless producer bruce's seat but uh is refusing to talk on mic it it's is, not bob uh, no uh, a redditor uh who will not uh speak on mic she's giving me death stares right now as we speak like literally oh she's just stopped listening she picked up her phone she's no longer amused by my shenanigans so we'll move on harlan how was your week well it was long long yeah like usual lots of working lots of getting stuff together for this here giant event that we do one of two of annually over the summer Mm-mm-mm. for those of you who are longtime listeners you remember one of my favorite episodes 
of was entitled Sleepless, Sunburnt, and Hung Over for Charity. Oh, this would be the Worshipful Master. Ringing up my phone in the middle of the podcast. I mean, it's not like he doesn't know what we're doing right now. I, I, really? Okay, he probably doesn't. Anyway, I should probably go ahead. See, I've got this this new phone earlier this year, and so I've got like the priority contacts thing where you can pick people that ring through depending on what setting you're on. Yeah, and which ones get blocked it's a or whatever? Feature of lollipop, yes. Go yeah, on. yeah. So, so he's a priority to you. Well, he's the master of my lodge, of which I am a secretary. So a priority. So what you're saying? Yeah. We all know the secretaries really run the show. Is there anybody who's a mason still under the illusion that the master is really in charge of anything? But do you think the secretary would have any say in the show if, when the master was calling? He didn't get the message. Because usually when something crazy's happening or something really bad has just happened or, or the master's just in over his head, he's going to call a secretary. Nine times out of ten when he's calling the secretary, it's because he needs the secretary's permission or help. Yeah. He's not calling to order the secretary to do something. I know. He's, he's calling daddy to see if he can go swimming with his friends. I don't know if I'd put it quite like that, but... Are you going to send him a text and tell him he can go swimming? It's generally important. No, I'm going to send him a text tell him I'm recording. Because one time I answered the worship on the show, and, and you flipped your biscuits. That is an amusing turn of phrase. I just picture me taking some biscuits out of the oven, and you answer the phone, and then I throw the whole pan and everything uh, just up in the air. No, I was talking about poor pancake breakfast skills, where somebody thought you were supposed to flip biscuits. Have you ever forgotten? And so then they were flat on both sides. Yeah, you ever had a biscuit that's flat that's on not, both sides? That's not good. I mean, I tear mine up and pour gravy over it anyway. I don't understand people who don't tear their biscuit up into little pieces before they put the gravy on. They just like pour the gravy on top of a biscuit that is un. I don't understand broken. people that put gravy on biscuits to begin with. Well, so. you see, some of us have this thing called diabetes, mm-hmm. and uh, it helps. The grease. People think grease is bad for you. It really like it's like oil. It. it it lubricates your joints and your arteries, makes everything like flow smoother. It, it's grease is really the lifeblood of everybody that's human. I'm just not a fan of breakfast gravy. So yeah, we got that big fair coming up this week. We do. Uh, I'm petrified. I don't know about you, but yeah, I'm, it's uh, uh, it's kind of a big deal. I'm a little scared. Kind of our well, one of our because we do two of these mm-hmm. in different towns, but one of our, our well. By far, largest fundraiser of the entire year. What happens the three days at the end of this week will dictate the future of our lodge financially. Yeah. Yeah, and we always panic about this time every year. Mm -hmm. Because there's always a bunch of stuff that we didn't think about or have forgotten. Now the sky is always falling. Uh, And it seems like we would remember from last year. Didn't we feel this way... The week before, and everything turned out fine. What have we done? This is our fifth one now? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. I think it's our fifth one. We've done it a few times. Yeah. You'd think we would know what we're doing by now, but we are just so many children pretending to be adults most of the time. Well, it's the other one that we do where we've got big name concerts coming in. That one we're screwed. That one we're going to do. Like the entire counties. That one's like six dudes against 25,000 people. That we don't stand a chance. We'll be murdered at that one. I am. Mm-hmm. 
I don't have plans to live past Fourth of July weekend. I've got my hey, affairs in order. But that's that's a hell of a lodge picnic. Do you know how many Masons would be happy if the last picnic they could see at their lodge last had twenty five thousand people? Last year at this lodge picnic, as you're describing it, I didn't get to eat <laughs> till like after midnight every night. Uh, and I and I know you didn't either because you were there eating with me after midnight. God, I'm so hungry. Yeah. At least at this one, you maintained your decorum. I always maintain my decorum. My decorum is always my decorum. It may not be the decorum you would wish I had, but it's still a decorum. Maybe not a good decorum, but a decorum. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We've got carnival stuff rolling in today, and it's... It's and did you notice the camper week. in the lodge parking lot? What's up with that? Why do we oh, that's, have some uh, homeless dude just moved into the parking lot? <laughs> yeah, so I, I did some digging on that because I, I told the Warshville that we would have it towed if I couldn't find out whose it was. Yeah. And it's apparently the neighbors, like... Which neighbors? Down by the road. Well... And they're moving a bunch of stuff or something out of their garage, or they had some work done. I don't know what their story was. They came over here and they talked to the groundskeeper who's not Josh and he told them it'd be okay and we I can't go back after he told them it would be okay and then tell them they can't. Well, I'm the secretary of this here lodge. What I need you to do is send him a certified letter that he is not the mouthpiece of this lodge. That he either checks with the secretary He's kind of or scrappy. master. Like, yeah, he's like 68 years old, but I'm Oh, we're talking about a different sure. one. Yeah. Oh, if he said that, then it's then just yeah. don't send him that letter because he'll come over and whoop your ass for wasting a stamp of the Lodge's money. Yeah. Is the Lodge's money on a stamp? I don't spend the Lodge's money on a stamp. I pay for all the postage. Well, not <laughs> all of it. I get that secretary salary of like $120. What did you spend that $120 on this year? It had, already, it had already been spent before I got it. Between ink and paper, I didn't even get to the postage. I forgot to cross-examine Tony last week when he was on the show about him breaking the printer. Oh, you did. Oh, I'm so, he, he was probably I'm waiting so good on that, at ambush too. people. That, that kind of makes me happy because he probably was waiting on it, and now he's disappointed that he had spent like a day working out his defense that he didn't break the printer. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, he had a lot know. of fun at a wedding last night. He was... Uh, <laughs> you know... Here's one thing that I think Tony doesn't understand is when you officiate a wedding because he officiated this wedding. You can stay for the reception and you can have a meal. But at the point when the, where the officiant, the preacher of the wedding is the drunkest person at the wedding, <clears throat> it doesn't reflect good on the clergy. You know, I thought that except the first time the chaplain did a wedding ceremony. He did yours. was mine. That's why he got his wedding license. And he was one of the most... Uh, he, he was having at least as much fun as everyone else after the wedding. To be fair, your bar- bartenders at that wedding were, were trying to kill people. Well, they better have been. I don't want to talk about the money they cost me. But he got a lot of interesting looks from, uh, from the old ladies. And... Uh, but it worked out well for him because people at that wedding are like, who is this guy? I'm getting married in a year. I want him to come do mine. And it turned into this whole side enterprise for the chaplain. Well, you get, like, here's the thing is, like, you get somebody to actually marry you who's legal to marry you in this state. Mm-hmm. When he signs the document, it's a legal marriage. I 
I didn't think this was true at first because I'm pretty sure he got his uh, license from like some website. Um, I don't know. I mean, his branch of Christianity I don't think is recognized in all 50 states of this here union. But not only that, then you get the show of the seven foot tall big bear yeah. who is now busting a move on your dance floor. Yeah. Completely totally inebriated if the, if they pulled him over driving a rod and lawnmower he'd go jail for DUI so not only do you get the efficient you get the show of the dancing bear yeah no it's been very popular for me he has to do weddings all the time since he did mine it's like a whole other enterprise for the reverend and last night like he's really busy right now because he's got that new job where he's the regional manager of this region and this region's the entire United States like the North American continent. Yeah. yeah. And he's really busy and he's like, next year will be better. Next year. Da, da, da. And I'm like, yeah, we'll have a good time then. Yeah. We'll get together then. And so then he called our voicemail number and sung an acapella version Did he? of cats in the cradle for like five minutes. Can we, can we, can we play that? Uh, I probably could. And his, well, can I play it? Sure. If you go to, uh, I got it. Our, uh, Yeah. It's there's two on there. One is him and his wife singing together. She's singing harmony to his part. There's another part where it's just a cappella. So you want to go to the oldest one. That's the a cappella version um of his drunk sauce singing. Yeah, let me let me get in our voicemails here. So the oldest one would be this one. It should have been from last night there though. It shouldn't be that old. Well, mm-hmm. what? Ah, right. What's it. happening? A child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away, and he was talking for I knew it. And as he grew, he said, I'm going to be like you, Dad. You know, I'm going to be like you. Now, now play the other one because he decided that version wasn't quite good enough, so he brought in oh his wife God. to accompany him. Love just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away, and he was talking for I knew it, and as he grew. He said, I'm going to be like you, Jason. I'm going to be like you. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. We really did land on the moon. When you coming home, Dad, I don't know when. But we'll get together then, yeah. You know we'll have a good time then. And this is the man who would take a deep breath and go, I'm really not drunk, y'all. I'm fine. I love his lines. We really did land on the... <laughs> he did that off the top of his head, even too. When I was he's kind drunk, of impressed. he's messing with you. I was kind of impressed. Even when his faculties are impaired, he's still hitting at you. <laughs> well, I went into the bathroom last night. <coughs> Smoke went in the wrong hole. Come out my eye. Um, I went in the bathroom last night. When I come back out, he just looked at me for a second, and I knew he was going to say something because he had that look on his face. You know that look he gets. Yeah. And he said, you know, you're probably the coolest guy I know. Seriously. 
And Donna cracked up because she knows what seriously means, and it's never seriously. Never, ever, when he says seriously, she said it means two things. He's not serious, and he's drunk. Yeah. I appreciate a man of the cloth who knows how to have a good time. Yeah. That's part of why the chaplain is our chaplain. Yeah. Well, not Bob, though. Bob. Mm. Bob's not the chaplain. No, I'm just saying he doesn't know how to have a good time. That's my point. And that's why the brothers of this lodge would not have him as our spiritual advisor. The stick is firmly planted in his rectum. Sodomy. Yeah. And Harlan's completely sober, for those of you wondering. It's early in the morning. He mm. hasn't had a drop well, to drink. I'm just, I'm going ahead and moving into my stupid mode that I have the entire week of these fairs. Hmm. Starting early. Yeah, well, I got. I told you I got to go like deal with carnies that are rolling in today. Now, and tomorrow, do you, you want to like and Tuesday? Sometimes, like when you have to do stuff like this, if, if you make bets, it makes it more fun. Like, if there's a game you, you're going to watch, but you're not really interested in the game. If you make some bets, like all of a sudden you're interested in the game. Would you like to start making some bets on the fair? Because I have some possible bets we could make. All the things that I would be interested in placing wagers on are probably not things we should be broadcasting on the air. Well, for example, like, I was thinking the first three random carnies we see, we could take an over or under on how many teeth they have combined. Oh. That's rough, though, because we have a local company this year. and I don't That's why we're doing over-unders. Yeah. Mm. You don't have to get the, guess the exact number. You just have to be either over or under. Like, I'll take 32 between three of them over. Meaning between all three of them, they're going to have over 32 teeth. You would take the under. I mean, what is so that? You're talking about trading binary options outside the market. Yes, that's I, absolutely I don't, what I don't, I'm saying. I don't trade options. How many people really. will slip, trip, or fall on Perpendent? Oh, to sue the city? To sue the city. Like over There's under always on that. At, least, at least two. There's Last always year at we least had three. two. But, but only could, one of them sued. But we, Yeah, but they were trying to set up the case. I mean, we could do the over-under on the slip, trip, and fall. Mm-hmm. Um, over-under on how many times that one or more of us that will be drunk each night. Mm. How many uh, How many bikers Tony's going to be asked to To, to remove their colors yeah. or leave. I love when the when the entire like little town police department comes over and taps Tony. on Tony's shoulder like, hey, Could hey, you, hey Tony. this is your event. Could you go tell them to leave? Uh, yeah, we can't have the colors here. Uh, Whoa, what'd you say? What? We can't yeah. have the what here? The colors. What kind of event are we running? A not biker friendly event? Oh, colors. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, we've been to my great granddad. Every year that. we talk about putting up a sign outside of the concert area that says no colors allowed but then we know not just the community we're in but some guys in this lodge just for a quick laugh would strike out the s and put an ed on the sign just to be funny yes because it would be funny well i mean it would be funny to the guy that did it not so funny when the press gets a hold of it this is kind of a big event and it's kind of got our names all over it I don't know if you've heard about me, but I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah, everybody in this town knows about this event. You do something like that, it's in the local paper. Yeah, coloreds. Mm-hmm. If you put coloreds on a sign, it will mm-hmm. probably make the paper. That is probably not a smart thing to do, and it's also a tad bit racist, although we've discovered you really don't have a problem with being racist. 
No, I do have a problem I with it. You're a Jew, I just do you it think on you're accident. Immune to yeah. the racism that like you can't be racist because you're a Jew. Well, I mean, there's only like ten yeah. of us left. There's there's more than ten. That's right. There is more than ten. Way more than ten. Just not far enough. Anyway. Well, in this town, there's not. You're probably the only one in this town. No. There's a few of us. Now, I've suggested for the past several years at the fair, because you are an extreme minority in this town, that you set up a booth for like three hours with a sign that says, ask a Jew anything. And people could come up, and Mm -hmm. for a dollar, they could ask you any question. Financial advice. I already went through this at Marshall's Cookout last weekend. (laughs) Okay, well, you could, like, have stipulations, like, no financial advice. You could ask a Jew mm-hmm. anything. Like, for $5, they could fill your horns. For $10, you'll show them your tail and have it set up like a kissing booth, except it's, like, ask a Jew anything. Because they're, they're... Can you give me some money secrets? Why'd you kill our Lord? Why did you kill our Lord? That is a valid question, Harlan. That is one is it? that we would like to know. Why you, did you kill you our know, Lord? I could I could take up a big chunk of showtime. To explain history to somebody are like you, you that would are already you know. Ready, are you getting ready to blame it on the Romans? I'm not blaming it on the Romans. That's how it happened. But beyond that, beyond that, Christianity in its entirety would not exist had the Romans not done what they did. So, where's the hangout? So what you're saying is they did more good than harm? The Romans. I don't know. It doesn't really. But it was the Jews' idea. Give us Barabbas. What has Barabbas done for you lately? Has he done as much as Jesus has done for the Jewish population? I hate you so much. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, last night, uh, we made a little trip out to a lodge. Oh, we did. Where our favorite most worshipful. Yeah. Was present. Mm-hmm. When we got there, we were outside smoking, didn't know if he was there, and you said, Oh, he's here. And I said, Why? And you said, Look at that license plate. Then I looked at the license plate, and it's a numbered license plate that denotes him as a grandmaster of this fine state. Yeah. And I was like, I guess he is here. Never mind. I'd hate to be the poser that had that license plate if it wasn't him. No, I just kind of want to be grandmaster so I can get a special license plate. Yeah. That is a perk of the job nobody told me about. I'm putting my name in the hat for Grand Junior Warden now. On the back of that nice Lincoln, too. I just got to find the tall Cedars of Lebanon and join that or I'll never get elected. Uh, Well, and also... Is it actually in Lebanon? No. Oh. I don't think... I better not go there. <laughs> you, don't so, think, you don't think they would elect a heathen like me? Well, I was going to refer to how many people could locate Lebanon on a map, but... I can locate Lebanon on a map. You can. Can you locate Lebanon on a map? You ain't got to talk. Oh, I'm getting the death stare. Just nod your head yes or no. Can you locate Lebanon on a map? No, (laughs) she can't. Bob's got his little pocket planner out. So he's got that world map in the back. He's got that CIA fact book. (laughs) What are you talking about? He's got a list of contacts in Lebanon in case shit goes bad. I didn't know where it was. Uh, how are you going to find the tall cedars in Lebanon if you don't know where Lebanon is? I thought it was a desert. I didn't even know there were cedars. Anyway, here's my point. Here's a hint. It's next to Israel. Israel. Where they actually have shekels for money over there. Yeah, that's... Which I find quite... That's a thing. 
I'm using. If you trade currency pairs, you can trade the USD against the. Uh, I forgot what the acronym was for the Israeli shekel. Anyway, so uh, he uh, hung a new moniker on me last night during. Uh, he did. He did. He introduced you in front of an open lodge as the never right worshipful Jason. Not even mad. Not even mad. It was, it was pretty good. And then he listened to the show. Mm-hmm. Like that's because we showed up and there were all these people there. Yeah. And then he made some kind of crack, and I'm like, oh, they they someone tipped him off. Mm-hmm. Who's the leak? And he's, I listened to the podcast. Yeah. Said you were coming. I forgot we said we like, were. Going oh, there. we did say that. Yeah. And then the whole time, like before we opened lodge, he's trying to get me to go outside the door. He's like, no, no, I feel like you need to you need to be formally introduced. Because he you remembered know. us talking about them leaving him out there. He wasn't there for it, so he wanted to be part the witness, of. Yeah. yeah. I liked how he brought up that they should do a fish fry. Yeah. He spent the whole meeting just taking pot shots at me. Yeah, yeah, but no, he brought up the fact that they should do a fish fry, and because this man carries such reverence Everybody. with everyone who knows him, they immediately start talking about, well, we got a fryer, and they start talking about arranging this fish fry. <laughs> he lets it go on for like like two minutes, three minutes, and he's like, hey guys, I, I was just kidding about the fish fry. He looks at me and says, I think we should have fish fry. And then everybody was trying to figure everybody out how they're going to put together, a fish, together a fish fry. Like, uh, how do you not have a paper yet? Heavy is the head that wears the crown. And he's just, they're all literally like, we can make a fish fry happen. When you want this fish fry, boss, we'll do this fish fry. We got a fryer. We got a, we got nowhere to fry the fish. We'll fry it outside. Just hope it doesn't rain. I remember a time when, when I got that kind of treatment around my lodge. That's never happened ever was this a dream you you had one night? Is this a vision? Is this No, see here I was master. No. <laughs> you would say stuff and then we would have a meeting about how we could convince you not to do said thing you wanted to do without nah. hurting your feelings. Nah. While still letting you feel like you were in charge. Nah. Okay. Well, that's, I ran the ship with an iron fist. So moving into kind of like a I white was command one. Sir, you were never Command One. I'm going to be Command One on the radio this week. No, you will not. We have to establish radio discipline? Uh, no. There is no radio discipline. Mm-hmm. Radio discipline is... There's no command structure at this thing. No. Each person's in charge of something, and then there's a coordinator. You're like a wedding planner. Command One. You're not in charge. You just assist people in being where they need to be. If you need something, you better be calling for Command One or it ain't going to happen. Just I will come out call for Command Judy. It's a reference to you being a little bit like a girl and a lot of a Jew. Mm. Command Judy. All right, well. I will, of course, be going by my moniker, Command Bald Jesus, although I have hair again. So, yeah. but they all remember me. Anyway. Oh, you got a lot of nicknames to hand out, too. Dude. I, I mean, I'm the whole first day, that's all it's going to be is nicknames. I give nicknames to every one of the uh, cadets that come out there and help park. Yep. And then they start using my nicknames as their call sign. Yeah. it's Well, it's part of their initiation rights now. Yeah, they're, they're not, not considered really... an explorer. Yeah. An explorer. It, it explores a nationwide program. It is, but I'm going to write Okay, it that's fine. Whatever. Anyway, um, they're not considered a member of that group until they have had a moniker hung on them by me mm-hmm. 
There was one guy who uh, wore a belt buckle like he wrestled Hulk Hogan for it. I believe I called him Macho Man, which he didn't get because he was like 14 mm-hmm. and had no idea who the Macho Man Randy Savage was. You know, he released a rap album a couple of years ago. Do you know he died on the day that that one crazy guy had said the world was going to end, that the rapture was happening on this date, and he died on that day, and it's my personal belief the rapture was happening on that date, and Macho Man Randy Savage went up there and straightened him out. He got Mean Gene Green on the microphone and was yelling at Jesus and God and lined him out, and they were too afraid to get in the ring with the Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. And then he saved the world. There was a rap album. No, I don't like talking about stuff like that because it's very upsetting to me. Because in the 80s, when I was a child, I watched wrestling and believed it was real. (laughs) I was a child. I had just stopped believing in a fat man who brings presents. And then once I found out wrestling was real, I was like, the whole world's fake. Nothing's real. Uh, This explains a lot. This is... That's where my cynicism comes from, is I found out that the North Pole isn't filled with magical elves, and wrestling was scripted and fake. You poor soul. It broke my heart. It was like within the course of like two years, I found these things out. I was no longer a Hulkamaniac. It was just over. I felt betrayed. All involved. We got some show topics. Well, I, going with the logic we went to last night, one of the kind of show topics I want to talk about is they read their suspension list last night. And they have five guys... Some people understood that. That was just for you guys that understood that. Um, they had like five dudes on their suspension list. And so then they make a motion to waive their dues. Yeah, it's I, the first time I had ever seen that. Me and you were making all kinds of weird faces at each other. So much so that they noticed and then explained why they do it. Mm-hmm. And they said, by the time it's all said and done, usually one of those guys won't pay. The rest of them will. That it kind of shames them into paying for one. That's kind of devious in its own sick, twisted way. Yeah. But that's it works. like some that's some Jewish parental guilt being laid on real thick right there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it works though, if it it's, works. Well, I mean we get that you couldn't really pay or you know, things things aren't working, but you know, your brothers your brothers are here for you. We're gonna You can answer a letter. So we just decided, hey, think maybe you're too embarrassed to say times are hard. But we figure if you're not paying your dues, times must be hard. So we paid them for you, brother. Don't worry yeah. about it. We got we, you. We took care of you. That's 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 what brothers do. Don't 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 feel bad. We we And then you probably get your dues back with a little bit of a donation too. Yeah. I, I just ingenious. I don't know why I never thought of this. And you know, and some of them of course are, you know, old and probably they just can't get a hold of them. So, like, I don't think you should spend those guys because they're living with their, you know, daughter in another state or something. And, and you know, it's, hmm? I don't know, I kind of think it's a good idea, but it only works if you only have, like, five. Because you still have to pay, you know, Grand Lodge assessment on that. Oh, yeah. 
but normally here I think we have more than five that are dropping. I think this year we, I think we're down. I think we uh, whittled that list down to around about five. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I it's an interesting ideal to me. Mm-hmm. It's, and plus when they get that letter that says, hey, maybe, you know, because they ignore all these letters. And that's just like he read one that had come from a guy who lived out of state last night when he sent him the summons because he was getting ready to be suspended for non-payment. And he sent a kind of nah. Is things really change that much that you have to summon? So you can't just give mm-hmm. me a call and fine, pay for my airline ticket, and I'll fly down there. And yeah, there's always angry guys about dues. It's just it was just so funny that we've heard that exact same thing from you know other people in the past three weeks over this same thing. It's like, okay, every year. All right, so I had to send you a certified that your dues are due, and now you're mad that nobody gave you a call. Well, you knew your dues were due. Why do I have to give you a call? Why you know? You're a grown-ass man. Why don't you do what you're supposed to do and pay your dues? You know they're due. Mm-hmm. I've sent you three other letters, maybe four other letters, to let you know that these dues are due. But the one you're going to pay attention to is the certified. The rest of them just go straight into the garbage. Mm. I thought about putting together the the secretary squad and just sending them around to break kneecaps, but this whole guilt thing sounds like a much more reasonable plan. I mean, it's... I mean, they said those guys will normally pay. Said maybe one of them won't. Of course they'll pay. Just picture it being you. Like, you really just kind of were done with it. And then you get a letter in the mail. Like, all these guys that you liked at some point just forked over the money to pay your dues because they thought you needed it. Not only that, now they're thinking you can't afford to pay your dues. You're just too proud to admit it. And if you are too proud to admit it, now you're definitely paying them because you don't want them thinking that you can't. Somebody's going out on street corners to put together the money to... Yeah, it's, it's like a tri- it's like a triple dog dare. Like you can ignore a dare, you can ignore a double dare. When it gets to triple dog dare, you got to do it. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, they've just triple dog dared you. Is what happened. Now you're paying your dues, whether you want to or not. So to all of you in the after lodge listening audience, I know you secretaries out there, maybe consider this as an alternative for suspending a quarter of your membership every year. Of course, you know if they got the box, they're too far behind to be listening to this show. Yeah, they're behind on the show, behind on everything. I don't know if you noticed last night. Well, that doesn't really count. I wasn't here. I was going to point out that the box is gone. Yeah, the box is still in your trunk. We weren't here. We went to another lodge. Well, no, that you still got the box. Well, the box now has just got all the Grand Lodge crap I have to carry around, like the ties and pens and stuff that I'm peddling. Sounds like a likely excuse. There's no more paperwork in the box. I finally caught up. On secretarial stuff. Although I'm going to fall way behind again because of this fair and all of the paperwork that comes with it. Hmm. So, but I got to live one one weekend without toting box the box. Free. That's good. I even, if you remember, took my, my apron case and found a way to fit like pens and ties and a cash bag and stuff in the apron case. So that I can go peddle my Grand Lodge wares. I like how you constantly have to carry a cash bag with you. I figured that that little baggie of gold coins around your neck would be enough. I can't no, mix personal to... money with Lodge stuff. That's a recipe for disaster. Alright. I thought I was better than that. No, you're not better than that. And then 
at one point I lost track of like a hundred dollars and it was all just intermixed somewhere and then there's supposed to be an extra hundred dollars here I don't know where it is so I ended up having to fork out a hundred a hundred dollars and I'm pretty sure somehow I ended up upside down on that deal and then I took Tony's advice and just made absolutely sure that this stuff never even ends up in the same bag makes sense yeah all right, so we got a bunch of like basically mini topics because Reddit's been so dead. Where I think some lodges have went dark. I'm like trying to poke it with a stick. Oh, they did go dark. Stop going dark. I'm I'm picking fights with Brian from Reddit, trying to get him all upset hey, so just, he could say some more stuff I could argue with. We just got another payment for the fair. Okay, can we handle show business during showtime? Can you we handle fair business on fair time? Well. I was going to. I had a Reddit article up, and then my email popped over. Thought I'd share. So a leftover topic from last week was how do I talk to my father about Freemasonry? So basically, he's like a it's like a mid twenties dude. Went in the military right after he graduated. Uh, like got a recent divorce. Uh, moved back home to be close to his family. He's got a job. His dad's an older guy. He's like in his like late sixties. And apparently, they never really had the conversation where you're just like. Hey, Dad, what's up? They were kind of like, I get the feeling he's kind of probably a strict father. Anyway, he saw a Masonic Bible his father's had, and he's always been interested in Freemasonry. And he wants to know how he should talk to his dad about Freemasonry. Now, Harlan, let's pretend like I'm a 25-year-old, recently divorced gentleman from the military. And you're my 60-year-old, gruff, tough, but a heart of gold father. And I'm going to, through role-playing show this guy how you should talk to his dad about freemasonry now i need you to scoot up on that mic so you can reply to me are you ready to role-play with me harlan are you ready to participate in this thought exercise with me i really don't want to do this would you please do it for me anyway otherwise i'm going to make you be the eastern star girl that i'm hitting on Mm. and tony's not here so you would have to so you ready Mm. now remember you're a 60 year old gruff man master mason yeah i got no problems with being this farmer Worked hard. I was uh, like, but with a heart of gold, heart of gold. Okay, gruff. Think, um, think Clint Eastwood and Grand Reno, but a little bit nicer, but not by much. That kind of man, though. Like man, I'm a man, man. A little more businessy. Yeah, with a cigar. Vietnam vet as opposed to Korean War vet. Okay, got it. You ready? Wait. Okay. Hey, Dad. You're Freemason. I've always been interested. I saw you had the Bible. You're Freemason. Well, I used to be. Quit going about 20 years ago. Stopped paying my dues. Huh. Do you think it's something I would enjoy? Nah, it's a bunch of pancake flipping. and nah, I, 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 Maybe. Maybe. What Do you, you want to you go try it? Maybe you like flipping pancakes. Maybe, yeah. I mean, like, the guys like hanging out and stuff? Is it like a manly thing to do? Yeah, if you want to hang out with that type of fella, I suppose... You always have been a little bit of a letdown, son. Maybe maybe these men are more up your alley. Let me give them a call. We'll we'll see what we can do about getting you back in there. All right. Thanks, Dad. I don't want to role play with you anymore. You made me feel bad. I really felt like I'd let my own father down. I felt bad. I, I mean, I went right into the military after I got out of school, dude. Like, what else you want from me? Like, eh. It's that, it's that. Like I tried, uh, dude. Like, like that, I've never been able to please you, Dad. It's that Asian parenting thing. You got to push your kids. You got to push. So basically, here's Speaking my advice. Which, where's Soulfire been? Anyway, go on. Here's here's my point. Here's how you talk to your dad about Freemasonry. If you're interested in Freemason, hey, Dad, I'm interested in Freemason. I, I think you're a Mason, aren't you? Yeah. Boom. 
that's it. Yeah, even if he's you know not a Mason anymore, he'd probably go re up it just to if he knew you, you were going in. Yeah, or he could just it, look. It wasn't for me, but maybe you're the kind of guy that enjoy it. I suggest you try it. I have no hard feelings towards Masonry, or maybe he has hard feelings towards Masonry. You'll find that out too. Oh yeah, yeah. So there you go. You're welcome. Write down a transcript of this and tell us how close the actual conversation is. Um, it's probably much shorter than that exchange we just had. Why are you talking to me? Leave me alone. Busy. <laughs> I got a road a hole. Wait, what? A road a hole. That's not what you said. I said a road a hole, didn't I? I, I don't know what you said. But I got a road a hole. Road a hole. Harlan, what are the three great lies of masonry? They tell us all these three great lies. What would you say the three great lies of masonry are brought to us by Chad Rod? Well, if I had to say the three great lies of Freemasonry would be brotherly love, relief, and of course truth. I think you're wrong because those things we do strive for, we just don't always achieve them. They're not strict lies. This guy's dead on. There are three things we tell to guys that's a straight lie. Like we're just lying through our face. We don't want to admit it. We don't, we're even lying to ourselves about them, but this is 100% true. Are you ready for lie number one? Tell me it ain't so. Masonry doesn't take up much of your time. Two meetings a month. Max! I believe you had this exact conversation with our senior warden like a couple years ago. I said it's all you had to do. You... All you had to do. As master. No, as master... That's a different story. That's I would the whole conversation you have with him. You're you're just as guilty as the rest of us. I, I'm not telling these dude, lies. No, I yeah, I, I tell them to myself at myself at times. Mm-hmm. I've convinced myself of some of them. Great lie number two. It's such a great brotherhood. No politics, no infighting, or any juvenile stuff like that. Those things will definitely happen at some point. They're not supposed to happen. They're not a constant in most lodges. But they happen from time to time. They happen here every meeting. Well, juvenile stuff happens here every meeting, but we like it like that. That's we prefer juvenile. We behave as men while the while the degree work's going on and the actual like opening and closing is going on. But the rest of the time's juvenile. I bought a whoopee cushion. You have to cut off steam. Cut off steam. You have to. That's not a saying. You have to cut off steam. Cut off your tail. You have to cut off your tail at some point. As the monkey said when the lawnmower ran over his tail. I found the whoopee cushion with a square and compass embossed on it. If they don't make those, they should. We should pay somebody to print some of those out. Lie number three. The great Masonic lie number three. It's the cheapest hobby you could ever have. We provide everything you need and the dues are so cheap they haven't went up in years. All of these things are true. And Harlan just pulled a stew and set his pop filter on fire. Great. That's our last good pop filter. Now, notice the guy who smokes the most on this show. Like, I need you to verify this. The guy who smokes the most on this show's pop filters in pristine conditions. That's never because been you by a switched cigarette. it out. I have not switched it out. Mm-hmm. This is my mic stand. This is the mic stand I use every week. Mm-hmm. No burn holes in my pop filter. I'm, I'm pretty sure that... 
the filters. There's one over there burned, that is just gone. Where like, were caused by you at some point. No, because you can't it's stew. You can't. I don't know. Stew has set all of these on fire. Don't, don't tell me this. All I know is that you can't smoke. I'm doing a pretty damn good job no, of it right now. No, because I can't ash is uh-huh. what you're talking about. Ashing, I have the problem with the smoking. I have down pat. Masonry costs more than your dues. If you're active, masonry costs a lot more than your dues. It doesn't have to. There's a lot of guys that come here. They're not even members here. They don't even pay dues here. Yeah. And they eat the food and they take part in the they stuff. They put money they, in the box for the foods. Okay, they should put money in the even, box even for the do, food. Even if you do, I mean, it's like a dollar or two for money in the relief fund. It amounts to a, a pretty nice, nice thing. Money in the relief fund. If you come to this meeting, you drop $5, which you'd have to stretch to do if you're a visitor. You still got the better end of the deal. Fine. Except for, you know, when we Nights have, we have hot, dogs. hot dogs. and Or liver cheese. There has... We've not had liver cheese here since in, I have been an officer of this lodge. In years, you're right. It, it's coming back, though. I, I feel liver cheese coming on. Mm. We've had hot dogs more and more. Hot dogs are just like one half step above liver cheese. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Next is bologna. Oh. Then you go straight mm. to liver cheese. Liver cheese dinner. Next thing you know, you're installing a past master in the east. And then you pass a hat to pay a utility bill. You're done. The that's same, the, master, the the same master two years in a row is a symbol that you're, you got problems. Just three strikeout. Past master in the east. Passing the hat. Liver cheese in the dining room. You're done. So Just I, go start digging the grave. I agree with Chad Rod. Those are lies. Those are big, big lies. We tell them to ourselves, too. So don't feel bad that we lied to you because we're also lying to ourselves. It's a coping mechanism. Now we have a story out of Florida. A Florida man has struck again. That supervillain known as Florida man wreaking havoc throughout the state. And now he's on a constant theme of ours. A potential member has burned down the lodge he was petitioning in Florida. <laughs> to the ground! Straight to the ground! Maybe he I said, should stop coming in in the mornings and saying I'm going to burn this place to the yeah, ground. You probably should, because there have been so many lodges burnt since we've done this show. I say this every Sunday. It's He was inside saying, the roof, the roof is on fire. We don't need no water. Let the burn. Let it burn. Let the burn. Well, did, why do people keep setting our shit on fire? Why is this something we've talked about? Like, I don't know. How many are we up to now? Like 10, 15 times since we started the show of assholes burning down our buildings. It took us why? hundreds of years we to build We need to these start buildings. building these buildings out of non-flammable materials because it's, it's, it's a growing epidemic where any idiot with a Bic lighter and a can of gas is burning down our damn buildings. Uh-huh. Dumbass. I thought they were stonemasons. Should have built that building out of stone. Uh, what, what's going on? Should build our lodges out of stone like real masons and this wouldn't be a problem. Is Alex Jones telling them to burn down our buildings? What's happening? Uh, he's not. I listened to an Alex no, Jones. No, Alex Jones is actually kind of on our side. He never diatribe said never about the masons. He never says anything bad about yeah. us. Well, people try to bait him into it and yeah, he always he dodges just, it. Yeah, I think he is... Amazing. He's from Texas. I think like 
Uh, you're not a man in Texas think, if you're not yeah, amazing. I think 50% of the male population in Texas, it's like when you get your cowboy hat, like at 18, they give you a cowboy hat and a petition to join a lodge. By the way, we have a lodge on the moon. And three within a quarter mile radius of wherever you might happen to live. It doesn't matter if uh, you want to join or not, because yeah. uh, if you're a man in the state of Texas and uh, you want to continue being a man in the state, if you want to keep owning guns in the state of Texas, you'll become a Freemason. Speaking of which, I'm heading out to Dallas later this month. And uh, because whenever I travel on business, and I know I'm going to, after I book the flight in the hotel, the next thing I do is I go to that state's Grand Lodge website, try to find whatever lodge close to where I'm staying is going to be meeting while I'm there. Going up to the book suppository to see if there's no possible way Lee Harvey Oswald could have pulled off them shots. Yeah, I, I may. I, I don't know. What I'm getting at is, first off, all of Texas's Blue Lodge meetings, at least in and around the Dallas area, happen like the first two weeks of the month. Like, there's no lodge the second Weird. two weeks of the month. It's just, it's just, it's just gone. I can't because I'm going to be gone at the end. So I was looking for, you know, fourth Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. Not a one. Not That's one. odd. I wonder if there's a reason for that. I don't know. What's also weird is that there are so many lodges listed on their like Dallas lodge numbers big, in the though. thousands. Dallas is big though. Texas is. Big. And then you see a lodge, and you see like this lodge was chartered in in the 19th century, and it's lodge number 2750. <laughs> what, what the hell? <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, Texas is crazy with the Masons. They're everywhere. Uh, yeah. Like, we, we don't even have a and thousand here's the lodges. the crazy part. Like, stop state. and think about this for a minute. Prince Hall is separate down there. So you've got that many lodges. And then you've got a bunch of lodges at a Prince Hall, too. Yeah. So they didn't even factor in the numbers. It's insanity. I'm telling you, every man in the state of Texas, to be a man in the state of Texas, I think you've got to be a Freemason. I don't believe you can vote unless you're a Freemason in the state of Texas. You're really trying to get this lodge to move to Texas. You've been trying this since we started I want show. to hire one of those house-moving companies and actually remove the whole building off the foundations, move the entire building to somewhere in Texas, and move to Texas, because it's like a Freemason paradise. It's the land of milk and honey for a Freemason. They have standardized ritual. <sighs> Okay. Never mind. We'll stay where we're at. We're okay. It's fine. Texas, get your shit together. What do you want from me? Yeah. But on another PSA, if any of you guys down in Dallas still listen to the show and you want to, you know, say a hello, have a drink or something while I'm down there one evening. Mostly to ask, why would, and, and the question you need to ask them is, why would you still listen to this garbage? Well, I mean, I was, you know, you're not my out. mom. Why are you listening? But I'm, I'm willing to, to entertain some of you guys. Um, yeah. Just hit me up on the subreddit. Or shoot me an email. Entertain them how? Are we talking? What kind of? Well, it depends on what kind of money is involved. Oh, but so you're uh, charging now. We've progressed in our habits. Yeah, just let me know. I'll be down there. Uh, let me let me give some some interesting time frames. Interesting. The the twenty third, twenty fourth, and twenty fifth of June. So just let me know. All right. So let Harlan know if you want to look at his ugly face in person and marvel at the After Lodge sensation. Harlan would be like, hmm, this is what a real live Jew looks like in person. I didn't think you'd be so tall. All right, there's a question there that I'm yeah. leaving for later. Um, 
there was one I'm looking for here. We have no Bruce to do the board. board. Yeah, we should have made her do the whiteboard. So we're doing the the Gmail whiteboard. Yeah, is a quick is a quick aside. One of my favorite shows is Parks and Recreation. One of my favorite characters on this show is a man by the name of Ron Swanson. He's a hardcore libertarian who uh, sole goal for being in government is to shut down as much as government as possible. He wants to uh, basically. That's fine. Just just make as much noise as you can with that chair. What'd she say? I don't know. Um, but the character of Ron Swanson is like pretty close to the real life character of Nick Offerman. Like he really has a wood shop, which he makes canoes and mustache combs and other fine wood products. And he's kind of a manly man. And he recently came out with a book and uh, he talks about us in the book. Although he's not a Mason himself, he talks about how much he admires us and how, like, as a group as a whole, that he thinks we're cool, apparently. We are. And it just made me giddy. And for those of you that know what I'm talking about, there's a Ron Swanson gif where he's drunk and has a tiny hat on and he's dancing. And it's one of the funniest things ever on that show. And that's what I looked like when I read that he had said that about us. And uh, that dude needs to be uh, getting himself a petition. He would fit in so well in a lodge. And whatever lodge he goes to, I'm immediately going to go visit that lodge. So I can say I've sat in lodge with Nick Offerman. I really wish Bruce was here because he's an Offerman fan as well. Cool you story, have bro. no idea who I'm talking about. If, if Bruce was here, it'd be a big deal. But Bruce has abandoned us. Abandoned us. He has. He's out trying to repo some cars or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's something about a tow found on road dead. I don't. I don't know what happened to. He's involved in some shady activities he's outside of lodge. Always like, yeah. involved in shade somewhere. Like he had to go to to some kind of like small town market in Little Italy here, and then he was moving a car for some guy in a striped suit. Uh, I asked him some questions about it. And he told me forget about it. <laughs> and I asked him another question. He said, did you not hear me? I said, forget about it. And he did this with his hands. He did like this pinching motion with all yeah. of his fingers on his hands. It, it made me nervous. Um, He said something about Henry Hill and rats. I don't know. Oh, he said he had to go like dispose of a car. And then when I saw him this morning, he's in a pinstripe suit. It's like a track like, suit. Why, why are not, you wearing no, a... He was wearing that track suit this morning. The pinstripe suit was last night. It's like a track oh, it's suit. It's all running it's like, together. It's like, it's not casual wear, dude. Like... How can you, like, are you going running later? I don't get it. Anyway, he should definitely be picked up because he looks, well, he looks like a criminal. Um, so this dude's got a questionable petitioner and he's in need of a little advice. Aren't we all? So this dude has been begging to be a member of the lodge since he was about 18 years old. He's just now reached the age of 21, which is the jurisdictional age in this state. And uh, through the talking to this guy, like they, they're giving him a petition, but through the talking to this guy, he has Asperger's. So he focuses on things. And uh, he has a problem with anyone who's not a Republican or a Christian. 
And this guy's like, what should we do here? And my thoughts on it is, if he's not going to be okay to sit in the lodge with anybody, be friends with somebody who's not a Republican or a Christian, he has no place within the lodge. You just described the chaplain. Again, if he has a problem setting lodge with someone who's not a Christian and not a Republican, and and the damn chaplain's not a Republican, he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna probably whoop your ass over that comment. Um, uh. That man is a Dixiecrat. Um, you really probably shouldn't be in lodge. Do you disagree? I don't think it has anything to do with the Asperger's other than the fact he's going to obsess on are you a Christian, are you a Republican? Because apparently he's asked these people this several times, and I think they need to have a a serious, frank conversation with him that Freemasonry is open to all political views, and we're not going to talk about that, but you will be sitting with Democrats more than likely, and you will be sitting with non-Christians possibly, according to where you're joining. and he needs to be okay with that. And if he's not going to be okay with that, then you're doing a disservice to him and your lodge by. Yes. I don't know. It's a tough one. I don't, I never like rendering advice on these kind of things. Cause well, I think the more conversation is warranted about these issues that you're concerned about. I mean, this this sort of process is so internal to what's going on up there in the good state of New York. It is, and he was wanting like some advice from people who are completely removed from the situation because they've known this guy for a while, apparently, because he's been trying to get in for a while, and he just now got to the age where he could. It's just like, it's not going to hurt anything to talk to him more in depth about the issues you have. Yeah. So that he has greater clarity and you have greater clarity. Maybe of mutual benefit to this guy as well as that lodge. Sometimes I think, I think know, he investing. might learn that, you know, Democrats are half people too. And also <laughs> well, that, you know, those guys can learn to deal with, with, with you guys like that. And uh, I don't know, it could be mutually beneficial or it could be a freaking disaster. And that's why I don't like rendering advice on these kind of threads because I'm not in well, my that advice lodge in New York. You need to talk to him a lot more. Okay, you need to talk to him a lot more so that he's better informed and you're better informed about these issues. I don't. I think sometimes investigating committees go by too quickly. Like you sit down with a dude for like 10 minutes, da 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 and you run through the list as fast as possible, and then you're like, okay, see you later, and you just rubber stamp it. Mm-hmm. Why not talk a little bit more, have a conversation with a dude about life and stuff? Yeah. Okay. That's the same... It, uh, I don't know where else to go with it. It's your lodge, man. I don't know how this guy's going to work out. It could be a great thing. It could be awful. Usually the thing with with these types of individuals is it's going to be one or the other. There's no middle ground. So roll the dice. Another quick one. How much flair do you wear in real life? How many lapel pins, Tatex, da-da-da, so on and so forth do you wear in real life? Now, does does flair only constitute... Like things that you add to your apparel or the apparel itself. Are you trying to say should we count cufflinks or not? Well, cufflinks, ties, 
cufflinks are flares. Ties are not flares. How are they? Your cuffs if they're, aren't together. Okay, hang on. If they're normal cuffs, cufflinks, like if they're normal, just like like black squares or something, There's they're no not flares. This thing is normal. You they're, know what I'm saying? If they're not super flashy, if they're the cufflinks you have from our grandmaster, they're the size of a of a fifty cent piece and uh, <laughs> are emblazoned with writing and yeah. brazen animals. That's flare. Mm. There's a line somewhere where cufflinks become flare. I disagree. I have to have cufflinks. So you're saying you if, if I'm basically wait, 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 if I'm wearing like cufflinks that are like flavor flay style cufflinks where I've got like this huge like functioning clock. <laughs> that's like oh, I wonder if they have like little clocks for like a yes they do <laughs> like a dinner plate <laughs> size yeah because they're super cool and I kind of want a shirt that needs cufflinks to wear the ones that have little be awesome because I can't wear a watch like when you're wearing like French cuffs it's yeah. it's a fashion taboo to wear like a wristwatch it's it's too much mm-hmm. so I I never have my watch and then I'm looking whenever I have a suit on and mm-hmm. my watch isn't there but if I had a little clock no they make them they look antiqued like. Yeah, that is awesome. Because I got to look at my cufflink. She has earrings that are clocks, that are functioning clocks. I I have to find out more about this. Anyway, uh, yeah. So like, if you're wearing like something that's kind of flashy and over the top, as cufflinks they count. So, so what, what about a timepiece? A timepiece does not count. That's part of your fashionable wear. Because well, I'm not talking about a watch. I'm talking about like a timepiece. Like a Flavor Flav style clock around your neck? What are you talking about? No, because I can't wear a watch. So I've got that, that square and compass gold like pocket, pocket watch. watch yes. But it's in my pocket. So Okay. The pocket watch doesn't count, but the pocket watch fob that hangs on it that's got like the three by three like pyramid with yeah. the eye, that counts. So that's a piece okay. of flair. So I got the cufflinks, the pocket watch. Cufflinks maybe. It's according to which ones you wear. The ones you were wearing last night? Yeah. Not flare. Okay. But my grandmaster's cufflinks are flair. I'm trying to figure out like the most flair I've ever worn at one time. I've got those ties that the Grand Lodge mm-hmm. pedals out, but they're not they're not obnoxious because they don't have like a giant square and compass on them. They're embossed very subtly with the, the the seal of the Grand that Lodge. Flair. That's not flair. Well, in that case, I'm still on just a lapel pin, like a lapel pin. I the most I've ever worn is a tie tack because I always wear a tie tack because it serves a purpose. Keeps your tie out of your food, uh, and out of my face. And uh, how's it in your face? What are you doing with a tie? When I ride a motorcycle up here. It, oh, um, so tie tack and one lapel pin is the most I've ever worn. Yeah. Well, and I've also got that that brass nameplate thing that yeah, I have to you wear. You have to wear that. That's part of your uniform, though. That is a uniform denoting you as an Oompa Loompas. Yeah, so I've still got uh, just one lapel pin then. Anyway, um, so yeah, me and you are not big flare guys, but we have seen guys wearing, they look like a four-star general um, coming into lodge. Like, they're like ducked out both sides. Mm-hmm. It's, all right. So I have two topics left that I really feel like we should probably cover. Uh, what are your suggestions for outstanding ritual? And does Freemasonry need to define its definition of a higher power better? Better ritual. As it happens, I've been actively coaching a fantastic ritualist from here in our 
part of the world for a while now. This guy has a mind like a steel trap. He can study the ritual. He's got the words. He could tell you what the punctuation was, where there was a comma or where there was a dash in the book. I don't even know the difference between the two. He's got it down. He gets up, does a lot of ritual work, helps us out. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. He's my old boy from around the way. Yeah, he gets up and he he goes to confer ritual. And it's like he never misses a word, but it just, it all comes out. Like so fast. Like that, and, right? And what it is is he gets he gets nervous because he wants mm-hmm. he wants to do it right. Like yeah. he really takes this stuff seriously. And so really the only coaching I've been doing is is I mean, you gotta calm down. Like miss a word, change a word, it's fine. You gotta you gotta calm down, you gotta slow it down so that, that you It's like a good rock song. It's better to do it with feeling than be proficient and correct. Nirvana weren't great guitarists. Their music was good because it had feeling. Mm-hmm. But that's the most common thing that I see in ritual around here is you've got guys that they, they know what they're supposed to be doing. It, it's it's a delivery issue. You the really good guys it. do it like they're having a conversation with you yeah. where you don't get to talk. It's like a stand-up comedian. A stand-up comedian going to tell the same joke the same way night after night. But it's like he's telling you for the first time. Yeah. And you feel like he's telling you for the first time because of the way he phrases and talks. So, Harlan's ritual advice, number one, is spend more time on delivery, less time on memorization. Unless, of course, you don't know the stuff, then, you know, you need to go back to step one. Mm -hmm. But step two is delivery is more important than technical correctness in, in most things. There are some things where technical is more important but you know what those are don't change the meaning uh and then point number two for ritual work would be our ritual is not just a bunch of magic chants where you say the right words and the right things happen there's a there's a physical aspect it's a masonic ritual that often gets overlooked floor work correct Floor work, especially around here, just seems to get dismissed. Mm-hmm. Like just it's something just, you gotta do. You're kind of in the right place at the right time. We'll just we'll just go with it. But the the synchronization, the coordination of individuals, is of equal importance to the things being said. It's in way a lot more of impressive when it operates like a smooth drill team. Yeah. When everybody's just where they need to be at the exact moment they need to be because they've done it a thousand times. That's why I think you should have live action practices mm-hmm. leading up to a degree whenever it's the first time those guys are doing that degree and then once refresher whenever they're yeah. doing that degree again. So point number one is delivery. Point number two is floor work. Point number three would be synchronization, which is you've got to know what the other guys are doing and you've got to like fall in line so that it all kind of fits together. Because that often gets missed along the way, too. And I'm just referring to things that I see around lodges. That we when I see to. really good degree work, and I'm taking part of really good degree work, one of the things I do is I'm one of those guys who are looking 
to see who's getting ready to miss where they're supposed to be or what they've got to do next so I can hand signal them to, oh, you got to do this thing, go do this thing. Yep. When really good degree work's happening, I'm looking around and I'm not finding anybody I can hand motion anything to. I can tell they're already on top of it. They're paying attention. They're ready to pop into where they're supposed to be. The stewards are moving up at the right time. Everybody's where they're supposed to be. Everybody's... It's a machine. Yeah. And it's it's functioning like we've done this a thousand times, and it's way more impressive than fumbling around and, oh, you're supposed to be here. Move over here, Bolton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, really, that's what we're doing it for. We're not doing it for us. We're doing it for that dude. Yep. And, that, and it's really impressive when you see that stuff. I love, absolutely love seeing degree work when I go to Florida. Because it's part of, like, the mandated thing there where, like, staff play is a big deal with those guys. I get upset with people that do not handle their staffs properly. So Proper staff handling is imperative to all forms of life. <laughs> I see what you did there. No, it's it's not. They don't necessarily do it properly because I don't like the way they do it necessarily. What I'm getting at is that everyone does it the same way because they're taught. Well, but that's the way they do it, and it is the yeah. proper way in to them. Florida. I mean, they're they're wrong, but I'd Ooh. rather them be consistently wrong. Like around here, it's inconsistently right, which is worse. Well, than you know, consistently it bothers wrong. me when the SD goes out. To handle the stuff and doesn't take his yeah i saw you grumbling last night like you kept growling every time the senior deacon went to go do his thing he needs to take his um staff with him mm-hmm. i i want to take a senior deacon when he's first elected you're gonna like velcro it like a nope. little chain no nope. i want to lock him in a room and i want to become arlie emery from full metal jacket for like an hour this is your staff. This is your gun. <laughs> and like, I want to drill it into them that if they're in this lodge and we're doing any kind of function and you move from your position, your staff goes with you. You say this. I impressed this on Brother Squared when he took the office of Senior Deacon here. And I expected him being the smart ass he is for me to come out to the dining room to eat and him to be sitting at the table, the table with his with staff, staff in one hand and a sandwich in the other hand. What, boss? Law ain't over. It's refreshment. Because that's the kind of thing he would do. So those are three. I would say number four is crowd control. And I don't really have a good solution for that. Something that is a problem in some lodges. Because I feel like rituals, rituals like my thing. Everybody's got their thing around the lodge. And like that's, that's my cup of tea. And I feel like I've got a solid handle. If you give me the right bunch of guys, I can put together a crack degree team. I can't figure out the, the crowd control answer. Never been able to make it work. The guys that are answering their phone in the middle of a meeting, crinkling their old candy wrappers. Talking about something and the, laughing. The, the old guys that are going hard of hearing so they don't realize they're when they think to they're whispering, they don't think they're, they're screaming. Yeah. I don't think yeah. you should whisper. Sorry. No. Unless it's something that you have to say that's related to this degree that's happening. And I think a lot of these problems would be solved if every man that's in the lodge room present during the degree takes a minute to think nobody here is doing this for them. This is a gift we're given to this dude. Mm -hmm. If you're a money-minded person, think about it as he's paid for this. He's paying the lodge for this experience. Mm -hmm. 
that this is something that we're given this dude and everything you do that isn't for that dude in that period of time is essentially stealing part of the experience from that guy. Or you're doing it for the guys that came before you. It doesn't matter how you look at it. It's, yeah. And then there's the guys that sit sit over and they just wait for somebody to, to make take a, a pause. So Even to take a pause. Because you know I like to use like dramatic pauses in ritual. And you I don't know if you've noticed too. how sometimes, many times. Sometimes you're delivering part of your lines as you're walking somewhere and then you stop. And you turn around like dramatic chick mouth. Like dun dun dun. And then you say a line. You're very melodramatic during your degree work. I, 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 a keep, lot of I keep waiting for you to come in with a word. skull wearing a frilly neck thing and quoting Shakespeare. Shakespeare wouldn't be part of the ritual, but I see what you're saying. Yes. You I know receive, what I mean. I receive a lot of compliments on, on that. That's because the candidate appreciates it. It's the first time he's ever seen it. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't, he doesn't realize that there's extra theatrics going on. He's just kind of there. But you take that dramatic pause. Like, you're not even messing up. You're just taking a pause to let something sink in. Mm-hmm. And then you've got 30 guys from around the room all screaming different things to try to put you back on the right track. And as the Lord said. And and then and it's all and it's all different things. And, and they're all not the same. <laughs> That's my yeah, point. It's and, like, they're all and different. And only, like, one of them's even right. <laughs> and I've done ritual enough that that doesn't throw me anymore. But you get a new guy that's up there doing that for the first years. time. Well, and I'm thinking about the candidate. He, well, the candidate, too. He hears 30 people hollering at, oh, this guy forgot what he was supposed to say. Hmm, must not have practiced enough. Yeah, so crowd control. That may even... If I had to move that up to my list, I'd move that up to number one or two. But there's no way to really handle it. I don't know how to handle it. But if you want to have better ritual, the delivery and the crowd control would be the big things. Followed by the floor work. And then the synchronization. So, Harlan... That's my program for better ritual. Maybe I should write a book too. You won't even write a paper. How are you gonna write a book? Well, if I wrote a book, it would just have my name on it. Uh, no, me and you've developed this together. I will sue you. That's why I don't do things. Because I will sue you. No, I'm not. No. All right, so let's get into this BS about the. Does masonry need to more clearly define its definition of higher power? No. Damn. Because if we did, even if we could quantify and clarify it enough to sufficiently appease the masses with all of the recognition issues just, that would that would ensue, it well, number one, that's gonna kill off like half of our show because Half of the posts <laughs> made on Reddit gone, are yeah. about this. Yeah. But also, because that's that's part of the mystery. That's part of what you're... And by mystery, maybe that's not the right word. It's one of the things that you're trying to figure out being here. Because I don't know many Masons who have come to a lodge, who take this stuff seriously, who haven't had their definitions or opinions on that matter change over time anyway. No, it's not... I don't know. Like it's am- it, it, it's ambiguous on purpose. Do you believe in a higher power? Yeah. No. Okay. We're done here. <laughs> I mean, that's the way it should be. Like, it's not my business to say your God ain't good enough. No. You just answer that question. However you want to answer it, 
is it a yes or no? Well, because a large part of what you're supposed to be searching out on those trestle boards is the definition of that higher power that can't be put into words, and so you're trying to figure it out. So we we require that you come in here with that belief to begin with, because otherwise you don't have a starting point. But after that, it's ambiguous on purpose. And the more you try to nail it down, the more complicated everything's going to get. Yeah. It's like tax code. The more tax code you add, the more things are screwed up. Somebody in the comments was going on about, we're of course speaking of the Judeo-Christian God, and we just have to say higher power so that... Allah and Hashem and actually we let those guys Jesus all get confused. If we let, does he not know we let? Well, he probably lives in Florida. Oh, never mind. (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 ambiguous enough that Hindu men can pass muster to get into the lodge. That's pretty ambiguous, considering the nature of Hindu as a religion. It. And, and, and I'm okay with that. That's how it should be. Here's my point. Can we please just leave it alone? Why you gotta be... I think that one can stay. Can we please just stop worrying about it? Let's stop looking at each other's religion and worrying if your religion's good enough. It don't matter. It doesn't matter unless you're an atheist. Which is a religion, and it's the only banned religion. I wish there were more atheists that listen to the show. I like poking at them so much. Well, I mean, they're a religion, dude. I've got, like, friends from work that go on Sunday... To an atheist meeting. To to meet with other atheists. You're going to, to church! To discuss atheism over coffee and donuts. That's church! And You're going to church! They'll have, like, a designated atheist expert to do a speaking part to this group of atheists. And then I call it Atheist Church, and it just gets them all riled Seriously, up, and it's so much fun. In 15 years, they're going to be singing atheist hymns. There is no God, he said to me. Seriously, they're going to church, dude. They're a religion. I know. With the with the evangelical wing, like because there's the like militant fundamental atheist. fundamental yeah. atheists, militant atheist. It's 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 classic. And then they they get together. They see for their some, Sunday meeting, they, and the yeah. whole subject of discussion is, is how much they hate the non-atheist things. And it's like, oh, you're getting together to talk about hating all the right things on a Sunday. Yeah. How quaint. Huh. How quaint. Uh, this ain't new, buddy. <laughs> uh, why don't you come on over to the Baptist church and... We'll show you how to do it and you can take it back. Every and... time they say Jesus or God, just imagine they said not before it. Or, or You'll science. fit right in. Just throw in science. Science. When they say Jesus or God, they said science. It's the same. <laughs> you're, you're in a religion, buddy. I, I hate to break it to you, but... Yeah, but we don't have enough atheist listeners for... Maybe well, we do. We'll find out on the Reddit this no, week. No, we won't. Because they'll all like be like, oh, they're right. <laughs> no. They, they made valid points. I'm not going to... Right. Because really. that's, that's what the fundamentalist atheists would say. No, they're irrational, dude. Fundamentalist, <laughs> the militant atheists are more irrational than any fundamentalist Christian. No, I'd say Not more. The they're the same. Yeah. It's just, they're on opposite ends of the seesaw. It's ridiculous. you got to hate all the same things as me to be part of my look, Sunday gathering. Here's the thing. I don't care what religion you are. Like, I'll talk to you about it. Like, if you just want to have a chat about it. But you're not going to convince me. I'm too old to be convinced if my entire worldview is wrong. Sorry. I know. I've been trying for a long time. Give it up, fellas. It ain't going to happen. Anything going on this week, dude? Uh, Yeah. What? 
the fair? Oh, I got to talk to you about that. <laughs> I got to go out of town this week. I'll be back next Sunday. You, you going to Arkansas with the Reverend? I got a postal convention to go to. <laughs> Oh, what the hell's with? There was commercials on this week for the post office, and it wasn't like advertising a new mail program or anything. It was just a commercial about like the post office and how we get stuff to places on time, mm-hmm. and like mail carriers and how great they are. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? I don't know. Why did we sponsor Lance Armstrong's bicycle team? Like, you have a state-sponsored know. monopoly. It's, Why are you buying TV commercials? It's not a state-sponsored monopoly. You can ship through several other services. I cannot start a business. Take somebody's money to carry their letter across the country and Absolutely put it in a mailbox. Can. Absolutely, you can. You can't put it in our mailbox. They can put up another mailbox to receive your mail. Yes, you can. There's no law against that. They just can't put it in the mailbox that's for our mail. I'm pretty sure you can't carry flats. I'm pretty sure that's a post office monopoly. I promise you can. UPS carries flats. You have to buy a special envelope that's got like the special dimension no. so it's not considered a flat. No. UPS carries flats. When did this change? I don't know. Forever ago. UPS has been carrying uh, flat envelopes for years. Mm. Years, dude. 20 years at least. But there's got to be that difference between a parcel Mm -mm. and a piece of mail. No. The only rule is you can't put it in the post office's mailbox. Because technically the inside of that box belongs to the government. You can put up a box beside of it for UPS, FedEx, whatever you want. Just like a paper box. You know how there's the mailbox and the paper box? Because you can't put the paper in the mailbox. If they want to put up a box, you can start that service. No problem. Really? Yeah. You can't do it cheaper in the post office. We got the we got the system now. Maybe. I'll think on this. Anyway, Mike, I was just shocked that there's a big post office commercial. Like, why are you buying advertising? This like, song ain't that long. Just, just, need... just wrap it up. The song was very fitting for the discussion I was having. It's like nice and mellow, depressing. We're talking about the post office. I hate you. <laughs> well, I suppose this has been uh, episode seventy-five of the After Lodge podcast, brought to you from the smoke-filled back rooms of your neighborhood lodge. I don't have any other quippy things to say, so I'll just point out that you can find the show notes for this or any other previously published episode at www.afterlodge.com. You can shoot us an email at afterlodge at gmail.com. Soon, afterlodge at aol.com. No, because I was inspired last night that we need to get an AOL email account. A thing. We've always had it. We've always had it. That's why we still have it. We've had it for so long. You can leave us a voicemail like the chaplain did at the number that you'll find in the show notes. It's not on the whiteboard today. Hang out with us on IRC at irc.snoonet.org. Pound sign Freemasonry. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at After Lodge and generally around the internet, especially on the Freemasonry and After Lodge subreddits. After Lodge Jason on Facebook and After Lodge Jason on Instagram. Don't. Unless you want to study beard product all over Instagram. Just don't. Don't. I do push a lot of beard oil. All right. Whatever. We'll see you, brothers, Do you next see what week. you did? What do we... The song ran out. Do you see what you did? I did. You. This has I never happened you. before. I don't know oh, what to do. it's happened before. I told you. All right. So now we're going to close with the Beatles. How about that? Because it's just next on this particular Fantastic. playlist. we got to let right, it well, get going. So you we'll wanna... see you, brothers, on the other side of this fair. the road. So bye. Later. Later.